What is up everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk of doom, like always. Um, well, not always, but a lot lately. It's dark. It's five of fucking clock. Uh, <laughs> it's cold as hell today. Uh, damn winter. I don't know why it has to do that, but whatever. Seasons and shit. Uh, thank you for listening. Um... If this is your first time listening, um, I apologize for the <laughs> swear words right off the top, but that's just what we do around here. Um, I am broadcasting from the office slash parts room slash break room dog kennel camping gear storage unit. Um, we do all sorts of international things here, uh, restoration, repair, parts, sales service, the whole nine yards. So uh, if you're new, thank you for listening if you've been listening all along i really appreciate you guys and all your support all the patreon support all that stuff uh super grateful super thankful um so yeah you guys keep spreading the word keep sharing with your friends um you know keep growing this thing uh picking up new subscribers all the time so really appreciate it uh speaking of stuff new stuff and what's coming up. Uh, there's nothing coming up. The birthday cruise, my 40th birthday, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. We'll be doing a Route 66 cruise from uh, Bakersfield East. Just cruising, seeing where we get, how far we go, um, seeing the sights, doing the things. No itinerary, no schedule, no nothing. Just driving i'll be driving my 56 s100 so we're not going to be exactly hauling ass um, but it should be a decent drive i'm looking forward to that everyone is invited in their uh international vehicle um so i'm gonna try not to um you know yes it's my trip but everyone's invited so uh hopefully you guys can show up that would be awesome would be neat to have a bunch of internationals plugging up 66. So, um, what else do we got going on? Oh yeah, we got a bunch more stuff up on eBay. Every day we're dumping stuff uh, up there. Uh, a lot of small parts, a lot of hard to find stuff, a lot of NOS things, just a lot of stuff every day, uh, listing more and more. So appreciate you guys for buying, appreciate you for lift for looking uh you know we also sell a ton on facebook you've probably seen me on the various pages uh you know pushing pushing parts parts rigs that we're parting out uh big parts that i don't like to ship through ebay because we just lose a ton of money so um you know if you see it on facebook the appreciate you buying it there that's super helpful super handy uh and that's gonna segue me into the next topic which is pulling parts i've been seeing more and more of these guys popping up that are trying to turn parts for fun and profit um, and i know some of you guys are listening i will say that 
couple of things. Really need to make sure you're pulling the appropriate parts. I've seen a few transmissions for sale with no bell housing or no clutch parts. And I understand clutch parts normally would be separate, but the bell housing should still have the arm on it and that sort of thing. Uh, and I say that because there's some very specific bell housings out there. Uh, the T19 from the Diesel Scout has a very specific bell house and the four cylinder, four speed bell housing um, for the 800s. That's a very, very specific bell housing, and uh, it's uh, important that uh, that that um, you have that. Don't try and sell your four-speed without the bell. The only time you could probably get away with it uh, would be if it's the standard V8 input shaft, because that bell housing is everywhere. So, ah, excuse me. So, um. You know, that, that's when you probably get away with it. But if you're trying to sell a transmission, make sure you have the bell house. Um, and then sometimes the bull gear, if it's a four-wheel drive, like a scout, uh, scout transmission, you want to make sure you have the bull gear on there too um, for the transfer case. It just helps. It helps sell them, um, especially if you've got like a Dana 300. Dana 300 bull gears are, they bring top dollar. So it's, it's important um, to keep that, you know, either keep the bull gear with the 300. I think that would be the best option. Uh, Dana 20s are a little different. Uh, I don't know. See, there's different thoughts, different schools of thoughts on how to sell that. Um, so, you know, I, I take that back. Now that I say that, you're going to want to keep the bull gear with the transfer case uh, and then sell the transmission with no gear on it. So forget what I just said. Um, sometimes it happens on the fly here when I'm doing these. I say stuff and then I think about it and, and I realize that that was the wrong thing to do. Um, so yeah, keep the bowl gear with the transfer case, uh, especially in the case of a Dana 300. Uh, and the Spicer 18 too. The early uh, 18s in the 80s and early 800s, um, they had a different pitch than the Dana 20s. It's slight, but it is. And the early Dana 20s had a different pitch as well on that bull gear. And so I've seen a couple of times now you put a Dana 20 on and you'll get a howl uh, in low range. And that's, uh, that's because of that. And it's a bad howl. It's not a, it's not a whine like you get just gear train noise. No, you get a bad noise. So um, keep that in mind too. And uh, Novak, I want to say it's Novak Adapters, has a huge knowledge base that lists like all of the the um, gear numbers because all those uh, Dana Spicer transfer cases have numbered gears. They actually have like a serial number on them, and you can check. And the knowledge base uh, Novak will tell you what gear pitch is and all that what gears are compatible so that's a very good source uh novak adapters uh that's that's where i would go for that so um when you're pulling parts like that try to do a little bit of homework pulling body parts um if you're trying to make money don't sell them with the emblems on them don't sell them with the lights in them you know sell them 
sell it as a loose fender, a loose hood, whatever. Hoods don't sell for shit anymore. Uh, maybe 800 hoods do because they at 80 hoods because they crack at that seam at the front. But other than that, not worth a lot. Um, interior parts. Be very careful. This stuff is ancient. It's sun cracked. It's weather cracked, whatever. You know, be very, very careful. If, and this is all for you guys either pulling parts for your own projects. You know, let's say you go to the wrecking yard and you find an international, which is getting harder and harder. Um, or, or you are trying to pull parts to sell. The better you do at pulling them, the better part you have. You'll have a better part for your rig or a better part to sell. So I'm telling you, be very careful. If you can't figure out how something comes apart, try to really figure it out. Like look behind it. Is there a snap ring? Is there a push nut? Is there a hidden clip? Is there something else? Because yeah, if you ruin something, I mean, like 800 dash pads are glued down and you have to very carefully peel the glue up with the pad or you're going to ruin the pad. Um, yeah, there's some clips on the top, but I've had several come through here that are glued down. Uh, so if you undo the clips, whatever, uh, and still won't come off, you're going to have to take a plastic putty knife and get down in there between the metal dash and the underside of the, of the dash pad and slowly break that bond between the glue and the foam, little things like that. Um, but just be very careful. The stuff you can't buy anymore. It's very difficult to locate if you can. Um, so if you do stumble onto a parts truck and you're getting the, the good fortune of pulling the parts, don't fuck them up. Uh, don't get frustrated. Don't break shit. Don't cut. That drives me nuts too. Uh, I have a set of 80 doors here off of a red carpet that somebody cut the bottoms out of so they could access the window regulator parts. And if they knew what they were doing, they would have known they didn't have to do that. But they didn't, and they just hacked their way in, and they ruined a good set of doors. So don't be stupid. Just take your time, figure it out. You know, a lot of times bolts are rusty. Uh, make sure that you have, if you have access to the vehicle ahead of time, I say soak everything in penetrating oil. Um, we use PB Blaster here almost exclusively because it's a good middle of the road. I think Croil, I think Croil is what it's called, is probably the best over-the-counter aerosol type um, uh, penetrating oil. I know guys, the old timers and their, their, uh, what they like is the, um, ATF and acetone mixture in like a squirt bottle that I've seen that work too. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't have time to mess around with that shit and mixing it and, and all that. It's easier just to, every time I'm at Napa, I just pick up a can of PB or I think they even sell that at Lowe's and shit like that. So it might be cheaper at Lowe's, actually. Uh, but yeah, P we use PB Blaster uh, almost exclusively. 
and we start soaking stuff down. If there's a truck that I'm going to blow up that I'm planning on parting completely out and I got to save everything, I start a week ahead of time and I start spraying all of it. Every fastener, you know, spring bolts, U-bolts, backing plate bolts, the uh, wheel cylinders and brake lines, shock bolts, um, you know, the seat mounts underneath, the fuel tank strap bolts, the, you know, bed mounts, door hinges. The door hinge mounts on C-series trucks are terrible. The lower hinges just get sprayed with road debris and water their entire life. So, so start soaking that shit way in advance. And don't spray the head. That doesn't do anybody any good. Spray the threads. If you can figure out where it's threaded into... If it's not blind, if it's not a, a blind hole, get back there, spray it from the back side. That's what helps get that penetrating oil in there. It's, it's hit the threads, not the head of the bolt uh, or screw. But start a week ahead of time. Every day, every day, sometimes twice a day if they're really bad, go out, spray the shit out of everything. Keep soaking those bolts, get it soaked. Then, make sure you have the right goddamn tools. No crescent wrenches, please. No channel locks. You know, that shit. No pipe wrenches. Try and have the right size tool. You know, and this goes back to my other cast about, uh, you know, having the right shit for the job. So, yeah, channel locks and vice grips are good for um, emergencies and whatever. But when you're trying to pull parts to keep or for sale... Don't don't risk ruin them by using a shitty tool that's not meant for the job. And make sure you have the right tool. No metric tools. I know you guys are all like, oh, well, this one's closed and that one's closed. I guess if it's closed, I don't know. I don't fucking believe in it. I, you know, yeah, we've got metric tools here because we have these Cummins engines and stuff. But when I'm working on a Scout, the last thing I'm doing is walking to the metric box. Um, so... Make sure you have the right Allen wrenches. Have a good Allen wrench set. That's really important. Spend the money on, on high-quality Allens because they fucking round off easily if you're not careful. And you need those for, like, the brake caliper uh, retaining bolt that holds the slider spring things in. You need Allen wrenches for the window cranks if it's a Scout 2 um, or, or a 69-75 pickup or travel all. Uh, you know, there's various things that need Allen wrenches, but anyway, just be careful. Use the right tool. Use a good tool. Make sure you've been soaking everything. If you have a question about how something comes apart, just, you know, consult the manual because God, please, please, sweet baby Jesus, buy the manual. I say this every time, but get it. Call up Binder Books, IH Parts America. Any of the other Lightline vendors, call me. I'll get you the goddamn book. Um, and there's a ton of information in those books that help you save time and don't ruin parts. Uh, so they also have those books have like removal and teardown procedures, which can help speed you through your parting out process. Um, or if you just want one little part out of the inside and you're like, Jesus, how do I get that out of there? You can look in the book and it'll tell you, hey, do this, do that, do this. And then it, it exposes the part you need instead of taking a torch and cutting a hole in the floor and then trying to lift it out through that. Because, uh, yeah, that's how you ruin more good parts. 
But anyway, so take your time, pull them, soak them. And now, once you've got them pulled, clean them up. You know, Simple Green works good on interior parts. Uh, Windex, believe it or not, works good on a lot of interior parts too. Uh, exterior, or not exterior, but drivetrain parts, gear parts, engine parts. We use a solvent tank. We also have another solvent type um, dishwasher type thing that swishes around and uses a pretty caustic chemical that eats aluminum and soft metal. So uh, we have to be careful how we use that, but um, wash them good, clean them good. Anything that's chrome, shine it up. Get some chrome polish. Get some, you know, ultra fine, like triple lot steel wool. Uh, be careful around gauges, though. If, you're, if you've are you got C-Series or 800 or 80 gauges and you're trying to shine up the chrome bezel, put some tape down on the glass first, like some good quality masking tape, before you try shining up that chrome bezel because you'll, you'll ruin the glass uh, if you're not careful clean that stuff up, make it look good, make it look sharp. And this is all, you know, if you're selling it or you're keeping it for yourself, either way, nothing better than putting on a nice, clean, fresh part uh, than, you know, some junky thing that, yeah, yeah, it might work, but you don't feel as good about it. So, um, you know, clean them well, put in some elbow grease, get a you know, we use a lot of toothbrushes here, uh, some real small, um, like brass bristled brushes. Um, you know, we really, like our eBay store, we really try and deliver just the cleanest, best possible part we can. Uh, we don't like to paint stuff. Like if you order, if you buy a fan shroud from us, it's not going to be painted. It's not going to have, you know, we just sell it to you clean and raw. So, which is also the motto for my life, <laughs> clean and raw. But uh, anyway, so keep your shit clean. That way when you do put it away for future use in your own truck, it's ready to go. If you do want to sell it, you're going to get top dollar because it looks nice. And it's easy to take photos of if there's a crack or something's broken or something's missing. It's a lot easier to see. And so then you don't have the to worry about having a bad seller or something like that. Um, so now you've got your good clean part it's pulled you want to know how to make some money my first suggestion is facebook hit the facebook you know the scout owners of the world page they have you know a listing section almost every the international page except for my mafia page doesn't have a list um a for sale listing stuff because i i don't know this is my it's my business so i don't know if i want people competing against me but it's what it is um but no, so, uh, you know, go to Facebook and do some research first. Please, please, again, ask baby Jesus to help you research parts cost because I've seen more and more and more and we've all seen it. Uh, if you're on any of those pages, the guy's asking $800 for a rusty door. Um, yeah. Like that's crazy and you're going to get called out on it. So if you're easily butthurt, do some research ahead of time because you will get called out on your pricing. So figure out what it's worth. Figure out what you want out of it. That's the other side of it. You know, if you can get, 
$100 for it, if you sit on it for a month, great. But if you need $60 right now, like you're probably going to want to list it for 70 and then hope somebody talks you down to 60 or something like that. Um, so, you know, be, be mindful of your situation and what you're trying to get out of it. And also don't go the other direction. Don't list it. You know, if everything across the board is selling for a hundred, don't list yours for 140 and then, you know, use the excuse that somebody will buy it. <sighs> yeah. Somebody might buy it maybe, but is it worth keeping on the shelf in your house for seven years uh, or in your garage or risking it getting broken or lost or, you know, and you, you East coast, Midwest, Southern guys, shit starts rusting again in your garage. Like what, why go to all the trouble to shine up all those metal parts just to have them turn into orange snow cones, you know, in six months. So if you're going to clean up a part, move it as fast as you can. Um, that's my advice anyways. And I know I was probably wrong and whatever, but you guys do what you want. I'm just saying there's no sense in pulling parts and going to all that trouble just to have them rot on your shelf in your house. Um, so stop trying to sell them for fair market value. Uh, the other place then if, if you want, you know, a really broad reach is like eBay. We sell a lot through eBay, but that involves a lot of stuff. You got to have a, an account, your PayPal account, you got to know how to work the app, you got to, you know, make sure your listings are correct, do you deal with shipping, uh, and, and shipping through eBay is a lot more um, structured and, you know, they make it really nice, but you got to know what you're doing. So, uh, you know, like I said, we move a ton of parts through eBay, but you just got to consider what your time is worth and if you're willing to learn um you know there's great tutorials on youtube about how to sell on ebay like step-by-step -step tutorials if you want to sell on ebay i would recommend you go to youtube and watch those tutorials they are great um so then that brings me to shipping your parts if you do sell them do it good <clears throat> do them do it well wrap them get some bubble wrap get a bunch of paper, get, make sure that they get there in one piece because the item might be very rare. And if it gets damaged in shipping, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get refunded back. UPS, they don't refund shit. They fuck stuff up every day. And then it's always your fault because it wasn't packaged good enough, which might be the case. But in some cases, you've got to draw the line somewhere. But um, if it's a rare part, it gets ruined in shipping, that's it. You're out the part, and you might be out the money, too. Uh, it just depends. So don't risk it by half-assing the packaging. Uh, you know, just just makes it, you know, that much. Just It's all about security and safety and, and doing it right and not having to worry and peace of mind. You know, you wouldn't just put like a, you know... Um, an orange turn signal lands in a box loose with no paper and send it down the road and hope that it doesn't, that it shows up uncracked, you know, like that's just dumb to think like that. So, so pay attention. Um, if you decide to keep the parts you're pulling instead of selling them, really, really, really go out of your way to tag them. 
You know, if you don't have little paper tags with the string on them like we do or the wire, uh, you know, just use masking tape. Just take a piece of masking tape, make a tail on it, use a Sharpie or something, and just write what it is you pulled it off of, uh, not what it goes to. Don't write what it goes to on it because you might be wrong and that's not always what people are looking for. Uh, or someone might know more than you and they'll realize if you pull, if you write on there, um, what's a good example? Scout 800 gas gauge because that's what you have. But you pulled it out of a 67 pickup. When you go to sell it later or when someone, you know, when you die and then people have to sort through your shit, they're going to know that it went to the pickup, which makes it, you know, more appropriate to sell if someone's looking for a pickup gauge. And if they're smart, they'll know that it goes to a scout as well. But it's easier to list parts by what they go to or what I'm sorry, what they came from than what you're trying to use them on. It's always better that way. List from where they came, not where they're going. Um, the other thing is Ziploc bags to your friend, save all the screws, save all the bolts, save all the pieces. Uh, you tag them, you write right on the bag what they go to. The only warning is, Ziploc bags are not UV resistant. I'll say that again. Ziploc bags are not UV resistant. So if you keep your parts outside, uh, it, sunny window, your shop has a ton of windows, whatever, uh, the bags will deteriorate. They will rot. Your stuff will fall out of them. They're also not super great with oil and petroleum products. They will deteriorate and your shit will fall out when you go to take it off the shelf. So keep that in mind as well. And I know there's parts bags out there you can buy from like uh, Uline or McMaster. Uh, I'm just talking for you guys, weekend warriors, just cheap stuff. Um, Ziploc bags are great if you can keep them out of the sun, especially if you can Ziploc your parts and then put them in a, in a box on a shelf and just label the box. Hey, this is this, that, and the other. Um, very important to label your stuff because, man, you think you're going to remember it. Even even I do that. I mean, I know what a lot of this shit is. And I'll still pull something off the shelf every once in a while that one of my helpers pulled and didn't label. And I'm like, fuck, what is this brake drum? Is this Scout 2 or is this Scout 800? You know, like, there is a difference. And sometimes it's dimension. Sometimes it's whatever. But, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, it's important to label. So make sure you label it. Um, and then... You know, make sure you let your wife or significant other know not to throw that box away because it is important. <laughs> so anyway, um, hopefully that was helpful for you guys. I know some of it's pretty rudimentary, um, but hopefully there were some tips and tidbits in there that you can help you um, get through your stuff, save your stuff or sell stuff and make some money. Just don't be an ass on the Internet, like do some homework, figure out value and then go from there. So again, Thank you. It's Dan, Binder Boneyard. Appreciate you listening. 
follow along on all the social medias and um, until next time see you later Thank you.